How many of you remember what we've been ministering on? Two of you. What? Purpose. Purpose. And so we're going to continue today, and it's been three weeks. Kathy's been in the pulpit, and and before I forget, remember, Greg Fritz will be here next Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. It's been a while since we've had Greg, two, three years. And so I know what's on his heart, and he told me what he's going to be ministering on, and it'll, let, let me just say, it'll do you good. So be here, and <clears throat> if there's people that aren't here today, remind them. Um, I want to go on today, and, and uh, I want you to find you in your Bible, would you, in John chapter 7. And we're going to continue along the lines of purpose, and we'll be on this subject for a while. We said that our purpose for this series was this, to help you, the believer, understand that our Heavenly Father has a plan and a purpose for your life. Say this with me. The Father God has a plan and a purpose for my life. I will discover that plan in Jesus' name. Um, in John chapter seven, as I was reading this week, this scripture, sometimes when you read scripture every day, sometimes certain scriptures will just, I don't know, be highlighted in your heart and your spirit. And this was for me because I thought this was so fitting. And this, these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in John chapter seven and verse 29, John 7, verse 29, Jesus said these words, But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Let me read that again. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. The purpose of God begins with knowing him. If you don't know him... You won't discover his plan for your life. And I thought, you know, these three statements that he made, I know him, I am from him, and he sent me. Now, doesn't that reek of purpose? Did he know the Father? Sure he did. He had intimate fellowship with him every day. He knew where he came from. He knew where he, he was going. He knew that he was sent. And see, you and I need to have that same mindset. Amen? Now, we said that true leadership cannot be born or exist without a sense of purpose. True leadership cannot be born or exist without a sense of purpose. Purpose is the discovery of a reason for your existence and is defined as the original intent for the creation of a thing. Every human being was created for a specific purpose. And when that purpose is discovered, a leader is born. I've been reading out of a a book by Monroe. It's Dr. Miles Monroe. It's on the spirit of leadership. And that was his statement. And I thought that was so good. We said true success for the believer is discovering and fulfilling the Father's purpose for for their life. You you might be young here today. You might not know what your purpose for life is. You might be middle-aged here. 
and might not know, and that's that's that shouldn't be. You need to discover your purpose early on in life because God has a plan to, for you to fulfill. And so you, you need to discover that, and that's what I want to go through and, and spend some time on this subject because I want you to discover God's purpose for your life. Now, we said step one was the Father's purpose and providence. Providence is simply God's loving hand is on your life directing you. He wants to direct you if you will allow him to. And these are scriptures that we find in the word of God in Philippians chapter 1, 6. It says, and I'm convinced and sure of this very thing that he who has begun a, what kind of work? A good work in you will continue in the day of Jesus, until the day of Jesus Christ. Say this with me. The Father has begun a good work in me, and he will finish that good work. Amen. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Say, I'm called according to his purpose, not my purpose. 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, it says, Who has saved and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We said, told you a few weeks ago, the Father's purpose is found or centered in Christ. The believer's purpose is found in Christ. So you're going to discover your purpose in who? In Christ or in the Word of God. God's purpose and plan for your life, we also said, is spiritually discerned. We found that in 1 Corinthians 2. That's why it's important that you spend time in prayer. You need to pray. You need to pray in the Spirit every day. Because it will help you stay in tune with the Spirit of God. Because the things of God are spiritually discerned. The purpose and plan of God for your life is spiritually discerned. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. The Holy Spirit interprets spiritual things to spiritual people. I want to be a spiritual people. God the Father has a divine plan and purpose for your life, and you think he wants to reveal it? Yes, he does. In John 16, 13, it says, God does not want you to live your life in ignorance of that plan and purpose. We find that in John 16, 13. We need to expect divine direction. Then we said step two had to do with purpose precedes plans. Purpose precedes plans, our goals. How many of you are goal setters? You should set goals for your life every day, every week, every month, every year. Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans, or you could say many are the goals in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So you can set all the goals and the plans you want for your life, but you better make sure it lines up with the purpose of God for your life. The Message Bible says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. See, if it's your plan or if it's my plan, it'll fail. But if it's God's plan and purpose, it'll succeed. Psalms 127.1 says, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. 
I don't want to build a shack. I want to build a house. I'm going to read to you a scripture. I'm going to read it to you from the Living Bible. So you don't need to turn there. <clears throat> but I think you'll understand where this is going in, John, or in James 4.13. It says, look here. You people who say today or tomorrow we're going to such and such a town, stay there a year, open up a profitable business. How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, soon it is gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we shall live and do this or that. If the what? Lord wants us to, we shall live and do this or that. Otherwise, you will be bragging about your own plans, and such self-confidence never pleases God. Remember, too, that knowing what is right to do and then not doing it is sin. So that's basically just saying you, you can have all the ideas all the plans, you're going to do this. Have you ever known somebody that <laughs> was like that? <laughs> I'm laughing because through 30 years of ministry, I've known people, <laughs> especially early on in ministry, who said they were going to do this and they were going to do that and they were going to go there. And, and you know what? They didn't get it done. Why? Because it wasn't God's plan. And see, one of the, I don't do it every day, but I, I, I do it at least every week a few times. I'll say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Father, not my plans and goals, but your plans, your purpose, and your goals. So, listen, if you're young here today, you need to remember that. It's a good time to, uh, in your life if you're young to not just think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to have this career. I'm going to be successful. You should have the opposite mindset. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? I found this statement. I thought it was good. A clear characteristic of having an affair with worldliness is making plans without consulting God. A clear characteristic of having an affair with the world is making plans without consulting God. Such action is boasting, that is, a presumption that oneself, not God, is in control of the circumstances of life. Now, I want to go on because I want to talk about passion today and the importance of passion. When you're young, you're passionate. And you can still be middle-aged, you can be older and be passionate, but I, I can remember when I got started in ministry, I was ignorant, but I was passionate. And you know, God will put up with ignorance. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind being around someone ignorant if they got some passion. I like people with life. If you're young, you're going to make mistakes and you know, you're going to allow God to work on your character development in areas in your life, and sometimes it takes a lifetime. But, I, you know, passion is so important. Let me make, this is a good example. <clears throat> you don't wait, win state tournaments without passion. You get it? Those boys last night, young man last night, won 
won the state tournament. And they played together as a team, and there really wasn't. I, I, you know, sometimes you ever watch teams and there's always a hot dog? There's always one that hogs the ball. They played well together. And I heard <clears throat> one of them say they played together since, I, I could be wrong, second or third grade. But, you know, I, there really wasn't anybody on the team that, you know, yeah, they were excited. and But uh, you, you know they had to have a desire to win. There had to be a passion. You think they like basketball? I think they must. So passion is important. And <clears throat> I'm going to take the liberty today because I, 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 I couldn't say it any better than this guy. And I want to read to you about some things that he had to say about passion. He says, purpose creates a leader because it provides an assignment for life and signals a sense of significance. You must discover your purpose and the specific contribution you were destined to make to your generation. So we got some young people here. You're, you're destined to contribute something to your generation. Your leadership is hidden in your purpose, and your purpose is the key to your passion. No matter what position you may hold in life or in an organization, you must relate it to your sense of purpose and approach it with passion. It says, the attitude of passion is the second most indispensable attribute of leadership and serves as the driving force of motivation that, that sustains the focus of a leader. Without passion, one lacks energy, and boredom infects one's mind and life. Now, I, I like that statement. Let me say that again. Without passion, one lacks energy, and boredom infects one's mind and life. To become the leader that you were created to be, you must find a purpose for your life that produces a passion for living. Every great man or woman became great because he or she possessed the spirit of passion. Yet, now listen, yet I believe that this attitude is missing in 99% of the people of the world. That is this is why many are followers rather than leaders. Passion is, a, is rare in human experience. He says, why is passion so important? In the Psalms we read, may he or God give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Your plans will be successful if you truly desire to accomplish them. The word desire denotes not a casual interest in life, but a deep, possessed drive for a desired end a passion for a purpose. If you don't have a passion for something, <coughs> you won't receive it. If you don't have a passion for something, you won't receive it. It's only when we have a passion for what we want to do that things start happening to enable us to fulfill it. Every true leader is passionate. Consider the following questions. How badly do you want something? Are you just existing? Are you pursuing a reason for living? Leaders just don't do, but they feel what they're doing. Their passion continually motivates and inspires them. The average person just has a job. He puts in his time and goes home at five. His work is a role he plays, not a contribution he makes to the world. Yet true leaders don't have jobs. They have lifetime assignments. 
True leaders just don't have everyday jobs. They have lifetime assignments. And that's where, you know, maybe it would be good for you and I to start thinking that way. Say this with me. I have a lifetime assignment. I like that. Leadership is not the accomplishment of a list of goals because goals are temporary. True leadership is manifested when you discover a destination for your life that is so compelling that you will have completed your purpose for living once you accomplish it. Passion is a key to leadership because your desire is meant to be your destiny. David, the great Israelite king, wrote in one of his psalms, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the what? Desires of your heart. Our purposes and passions are the perpetual ideas and dreams, thoughts and visions that fill our hearts or subconscious minds. When we delight in our relationship with our Creator, He will give us the desires that preoccupy our subconscious minds every day. Let me say that again. That's good. When we delight in our relationship with our Creator, that means putting Him first, He will give us the desires that preoccupy our subconscious minds every day. So if you have certain things in your life, you know, just keep coming up all the time in your spirit, in your mind. And and just for me, remembering when I was young, I always wanted to be in the antique business. I always, you know, I, I didn't always want to be a preacher. I was in the antiques before I was called to be a preacher. But those are things God has put in me, and I'd find myself you know, thinking about that. Today, what do I find myself thinking about? About the same thing. Because God put that in me. That's how he made me. He gave me a grace to be a pastor. He gave me a grace to to like history and like antiques. You know, I've got that, that, that rich Jew in me. His name's Jesus. I like to buy and I like to sell. But God put it in me. That's just the way he wired me. And you have, this, you have something in you that's entirely different. But that's the way God made you. And every day, if you find yourself thinking about that, <clears throat> Micah, I keep, Micah, I keep talking about Micah because the guy loves guns. He likes guns. You know, <laughs> I'll tell on him. But I'm sitting there watching television. And around the corner comes Micah with his pistol. I hear him in his bedroom putting his, um, what, clip in. And I hear him hit the floor. Boom, 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 boom. Pretty soon he's around the corner. And, I'm, you know, I'm, he doesn't really interrupt my television, but, you know, he's, he's just, he looks like some member of a SWAT team. This is the way he was made. He doesn't have to be a preacher. I I just highly doubt he's going to be a preacher. And I'll tell you what, there are pastors that try to mold their kids and make them just follow along carrying their Bible. I've seen it 30 years of ministry, preachers trying to make their kids a preacher, and it's a mistake. He needs to be what God's made him to be. Amen? So just be who you are. Enjoy who you are. Discover how God made you and wired you. Amen? 
says, when we delight in a relationship with our creator, he will give us the desires that preoccupy our subconscious minds every day. This is because, now listen, he has hidden his will inside each of us. If you want to discover God's will for your life, then look at what you desire to accomplish, the hopes and dreams that never seem to leave you. If you want to discover God's will for your life, then look at what you desire to accomplish, the hopes and dreams that never seem to leave you. The creator places his desires in our hearts or subconscious minds and then promises to fulfill them. Your passion, that's what we're talking about this morning, is supposed to come from that hidden treasure of desire that he's put within you. You know that you've tapped into your leadership potential when you're actively involved in the things you want to do much, so much that you can't stop thinking about them. Sometimes it's not easy for us to recognize the source of our life's passion because our desires are often bigger than our pocketbooks. It's like Micah, we're going to gun show today. He says, I don't want to go to gun show if I can't buy a gun. I don't have the money to buy a gun. <laughs> so I guess, you know, he's looking at the pocketbook. Well, that can change, Micah. Our desires are often bigger than our pocketbooks. The level of our educations, our natural abilities, our cultures, our race, and we figure that someone else is meant to accomplish them. Yet one of the signs of a true passion is that it's much bigger than we are. I like that. Now, let me read to you. You don't need to turn there. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 in the Amplified Bible, it says, For David, after he had served God's will and purpose and counsel, now listen, in his own generation, I love this scripture, fell asleep in death. For David, after he had served God's will and purpose and counsel in his own generation, fell asleep in death. Did David fulfill God's passion or God's purpose for his life? Was he passionate about it? Well, let's look. I want you to get your Bible. We're going to go through a couple of scriptures. Look at Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 8. Start thinking today, if you haven't been, what am I passionate about? I like to eat. Well, if that's your passion, become a cook. You know, some of you, 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 think about that. I I wished I'd, you know, I did take a test when I was going to the university in in Nebraska. That's one of the things I did because I was such a lost soul. And I told you this story before. It was a worldly test. We got all done, and they said, do you ever think? You, you, you were called to be a pastor or a preacher, and I just I wanted to slap them because that's just not what I thought I was called to do. Here, a worldly test told me my life's passion and purpose. Psalm 40, verse 8. This is David, remember? 
He served his own generation. He fulfilled God's plan and purpose for his life, and he was happy about doing it. David said, I delight. Say, I delight. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. There's a key right there. God's word was in him. Look at Psalm 42. Look over a couple pages. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When shall I come and appear for God? Is that passion? Sure it is. Look at Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Verse 1. I pray this almost every day. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Thus will I bless you. I will lift up my hands in your name and my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Look at Psalm 84. Psalm 84. I just wanted you to see an example of someone that was passionate. You can find all kinds of examples about King David. Psalm 84. David said in verse 1, How how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Yes, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That's an example of passion. Are there days you, you don't feel that way? Sure, we all have days like that. But you don't you can't live your life by your emotions or how you feel every day. And if you really have a true passion in your heart for God, you'll get through those days where you just don't feel very spiritual. You don't feel spiritually hungry. You don't feel like you're accomplishing anything for God. Amen. Now, I'll finish with this. What is passion? This is his definition of passion. He says, passion can be defined as a deep desire. Passion is stamina that says, I'm going to go after this no matter what happens. If I have to wait 10 years, I'm going to get it. There's most people in this generation, they can't, you know, if they don't get it in a day, they're going to give up. If you're going to be in ministry, Pastor Brad then you're going to have to learn to wait on some things because it's not going to manifest in your timetable or the way you think it's going to manifest. Sometimes I I believe people can go their whole life working towards, you know, God's plan and purpose, and maybe it isn't going to happen right away. That's where you find out how, how, you know, much you trust God. He says, if you want to go all the way to your dream, you can't sit back and expect everything to be easy. You could say amen to that. True leaders possess a deep desire that produces the passion to proceed with their dreams. I, I'm thinking about this state tournament. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know this coach, this new coach. I've seen him. He looks like a pretty good guy. I did know more about Reese. And my first thought was, you know, I'm, I'm happy for this coach, but 
you know, Reese went how many years to state and didn't win? How many? Ten? Coached 17 years. Think he had a passion? Think he had a purpose? And I wondered what was going through his mind. And I know he was happy. But, you know, he, he had more. He was involved more than you think because he laid a foundation for those boys. And so he, it was a win for him. Amen. He had a desire and a, and a dream to win state, and he didn't see it. Now, this man comes the first year, <laughs> gets the state. But how long do you think it's going to be before we win another state tournament? I don't know. It says, passion can be divine, defined as a craving. Passionate people are possessed people. In other words, you can't be successful as a leader unless you have a real inner need to accomplish something in particular. Passion is an obligation. When you are passionate about something, you feel compelled to do it. Leadership is born when one discovers a divine obligation to his community, world, and generation. Passion is a deep commitment. Many people are interested in doing certain things, but they're, they're not really committed to accomplishing them. Some people say that they'll get a better job, lose weight, or change their lives in other ways someday. The world is filled with people who are merely interested but not passionate. Commitment is the guy who jumps out of an airplane, trusting that the parachute will open. It's not talk, but action. Passion makes you jump in no matter what. Leaders are committed, not just interested. They're willing to put their whole selves into accomplishing their purposes. True leadership is not finding something to live for, but something to die for. Now, I went on that, you know, I don't know if you know, I went on a hog hunt. And, and it was fun, but I can just be honest with you, I wasn't passionate about it. I, I did it. I wanted to be with my boys, my sons. And it, I love the people, and that's a whole different culture in Oklahoma. Let me tell you. But we got ready to hunt, and so I was with Caleb. Micah went with Pastor Brad. And, you know, we're in, it's in a fenced-in area, and there's no way I could get lost. But, you know, you go. I, I, they always make fun of me, and they make fun of Brian all the time, you know. Brian and I just turned the other cheek. But passion took me by the hand and led me into pig land, okay? In other words, Caleb is passionate about hunting. Micah is passionate. They reek of it. Brad's the same way. But Caleb's, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're to stalk the pigs. So we're... You know, he leads me up this rocky mountain. And, and the one thing I never liked about Caleb hunting with him, because every noise I'd make, he'd just look at me and glare. I'd step on a twig and it'd snap, and he'd just... <clears throat> and it just... It's no fun. Now you know why I'm not passionate. Now if I'm by myself, Lonnie, I'm be passionate. I don't have to be passionate. But we're, we're stalking those... Some of you hunters know that's the way you are about hunting. You're passionate, and I'm trying to... We're, it took an hour, over an hour, we're walking like this. And he sees the, I saw the first pig, by the way. And I, then he sees this, a herd of pigs. 
And he said, this is what we're going to do. And, and he give me direction and tell me what to do and how to set up and do this and be quiet and all. And I'm getting ready and, and, and I shoot the pig. He was passionate about it. Was I passionate? Well, I had fun. I shot a pig. And we got down there and, and I was afraid I missed the pig. Because the guy that owns the place, if you, he listens to every shot. Because if you wound a pig, you pay for it. You can't find a pig, you pay for it. And I was concerned I didn't want to miss. Well, we found the blood trail. I got my pig and sat down by my pig. And Caleb went off after other pigs. So I just sitting there. Teela, you'd think this is funny. Just sitting there like this by this big old sow. Relieved I shot the pig. I'm done now. Caleb's going like he's Here's Caleb, you know. And he gets about 70 yards in front of me. And I just have to look back, and there's a herd of pigs within 10 yards of me. Wild pigs. And I got on. We had walkie-talkies. That was fun. Caleb, Caleb, look behind you. He looked behind. There are all these pigs behind me. And he said, Dad, you better move. (laughs) 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 We passionate. Well, I'm, I'll tell you this part, then we'll, we'll quit here. But um, the man that owns the place, got, he said, get, we'll go get your sow. And he got on a four-wheeler. And it's rocky. And, and I'm holding on. And <laughs> I really didn't want to hold on to him. So I'm trying to hold on to, and we get up there and get the sow. And we had to figure out how to get the sow on. And he got his arm caught in the winch, the electric winch he had down. And he screamed a blood-curdling scream. And here I am. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know equipment. Just ask Robert. What do you do? And we, got, we finally got his hand out of there. And it had punctured and there was blood all over. It was pig blood. But we didn't know that till we got it out of there. And he couldn't drive back. We had to walk all the way back and call in and have his guys come pick him up. Passion. He had a passion to survive that day, I guess. But had a good time. But whatever you're called to do in life, you need to be passionate about it. You're, you're in retirement. But be a passionate grandpa. Amen? Whatever you're doing in life, be passionate. If you don't have anything to be are you passionate? About, is he passionate about fishing? Are you sure? Is there any doubt? Uh-uh. See, find something. You nothing wrong with being passionate about fishing or hunting. Aren't you glad you got a preacher that says that? Passion, one more, is a deep commitment. Did I say that? Yeah. Passion is a deep resolution. We make New Year's resolutions every year and quickly forget them. How determined are you? Do you act on what you've committed yourself to? Are you willing to pay the price to obtain your desire? True leaders are resolved in their decisions to pursue their goals and purposes. So that's a little bit about passion. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Think back if you're older when you were young, about passion.
You're passionate. I don't have any doubt your passion for your coaching or your ability to coach. And, you know, you know how many of you know people that are passionate? You know, I love Dr. Gant. Why? Because he's passionate. Amen. You know why I love Greg Fritz is coming here next week and why I let him allow him to be in my pulpit? Because he's passionate. You know, if you're not passionate, then get around somebody who's got some passion. And let it spill on you. Father, today, I thank you for your plan and purpose for the people of Harvest Church. Plan and purpose for this church corporately. But Father, everyone here today, you want them to be passionate for a divine purpose. And so, Father, I I pray that they will discover in the days ahead a strong passion, a strong desire to fulfill their spiritual destiny. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to all of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for stirring in our heart that godly desire to accomplish something big for God. We thank you, Father, this day in Jesus' name.